This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Do not confuse sports with athletic ability, okay? TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. A high fly, center field, and that ball is gone! A walk-off winner for Miguel Sano. The second pinch hit home run of the year for the Twins. A walk-off winner for Miguel Sano. And the Twins win it 5-3. Mackie and Judd with Rami back at full strength here on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. All right, Judd, go ahead. What's that? What's up? What's Judd doing? Well, I mean, what am I doing? Yeah. What's he doing? You've been you've been so critical and hard on Oh, Miguel, Miguel Sano? Sano? I don't know if you... Oh, just in case... Oh, for a second, I thought Judd was talking crap about me the whole time I was gone. You were like, <laughs> yeah. all right, Judd, go on. I mean, there was that. It's yeah. time. Let me have it. He's like, do we really need that? <laughs> I just said... I said my sports takes are being stifled. I mean, it's just not fair. I spent three days telling you that. I thought you bounced him. Need more room for takes. When you didn't okay. come back on Monday, I thought I thought you'd been let go. I thought uh, I thought there, I thought this guy was just kind of a kind of a lump who had reverted back to his old ways. Let's, let's just in case. Let's what happened again last night? A high fly, center field, and that ball is gone. A walk off winner for Miguel Sano. The second pinch hit home run of the year for the Twins. A walk-off winner for Miguel Sano. And the Twins win it 5-3. Oh, that. I feel like an apology would oh, be in order. No. Your anti-Sano oh, rhetoric. No, no, you no, and no, Collar no. and your anti-Sano rhetoric. The floor is yours for the apology that you owe the man. Absolutely not. Oh. Now, more so, Collar is... Collar on the station said that he doesn't think Sano is, is very good at baseball at one point. I never said that. <laughs> but I will say this to the SAG, the Sano Apologist Group. The <laughs> oh, issue, that's what the SAG Awards are. The I never SAG, knew. Listen, SAG, you got a problem. He was 1-for-12 against Kansas City with six strikeouts in three yeah, games. He didn't called, start last night. baseball. He didn't start last night. He spent the whole night in the, the cage trying to get things right. He did, and he came up and hit a home run. That's fantastic. But keep in mind, my platform to trade him, because I got like eight of these tweets last night, you still want to trade him? If he's involved in a trade for a top-line starting pitcher, absolutely. Yes, which, I do. Which he can't be now until the winter. No, he can't now. But my point my point was right, and it was a great one, which is <laughs> put him in a package and trade him for a starting pitcher. Listen, Sag, I, I love you guys and gals out there. You Sano Apologist Group, you are a strong, united front. I'm all for you. But, um, no, and that was, you know what, though? That game last night, again, was just so much fun. It was how much fun was, was that? And when Ronald Acuna Jr., the center fielder for the Braves, walked off the field as the ball was soaring towards the bleachers and the seats and the outfield, man, that was a fun atmosphere. And we've had so many great games now. The Oakland series was great. The Yankees series, for the most part, fantastic, right? Last night, two more games now against the Braves. Four games against uh, Cleveland. I, I go back to the May series. I think this started. I think the fun baseball really started with, if you guys recall, that two-game set against the Brewers in May, which was pretty doggone good. That's two good teams. We are just getting so many fun baseball games. I, well, listen, we'll, we'll definitely talk about the fun baseball game. I feel like he's deflecting right now. He's breezing right past I the actual. Like oh, no. You were oh, thinking the same thing. I was. Oh, no, I still he spun him. it. Did you, realize, did you see how he spun that? Like, yeah, Miguel Sano well, is good. That's what I was saying all along. He's an oh, asset. Oh, That's no, all I was saying. Oh, no, no, no. Look at the pretty clouds. No, no, no. Sag, I would trade him. Sano Apologist Group, I would trade. And so would you. If you can get a top line, if you can put him in a package for a top line starting pitcher. Remember, my whole rant went back to a very simple thing. You can't compare him to Ortiz because Ortiz got DFA'd. He got let go completely. So any comparison is fraudulent. It's not true. So, no. What I'm saying is, I was right. I'm still right. In the winter, I'll be right. And I, you know what? I'm not going to be surprised at all if these guys trade him. 
I think yeah. I think we've we've like once again in sports debates and in non sports debates, there's a black and a white, and Miguel Sano very much represents the gray. That I, I, I almost feel like we've got this. It's like a uh, what was it? The Jets and the Sharks in West Side Story. We're all like snapping our fingers in the alleys. Like you're either right. Sano is garbage or Sano is a franchise player and he's amazing. And the reality is. Miguel Sano is perfectly capable 40 times in a season, if he stays healthy, of doing that last night mm-hmm. and walking off a handful of times and being one of the most prolific power hitters in all of baseball. But he's also going to lead the league in strikeouts. Doesn't really have a position outside of first base and DH long term. Like he, he's, he's very much in that gray area. He's easy to adjust to, and when the adjustments are made to him, he needs to be pulled aside by coaches and helped to adjust. There are the the elite of the elite can adjust by themselves. He cannot yet. I don't know if he can someday, but I think if you look at this as an executive would, he is an eminently tradable player in a package that could get you a position of a player, i.e., a starting pitcher. That would help you a lot. Do you think he's eminently tradable, Rami? I I think that there have to be teams around the league who see what the Twins still see in him and what you you and I still see in him, Phil. Because there is some special potential and talent in there. It's just a matter of unlocking it and unlocking it consistently. That's 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 when Miguel Sano goes from being a guy with promise to being the guy who we all think he can be is when you get that consistency. Even if the strikeouts are still astronomically high, if you just get consistent performance out of the guy in health, he I think I think yeah, he has the he has the potential to be something special and there got to be teams out there that see that. You trade him because you wouldn't trust him enough yourself to sign him long term and also you try and pounce and trade him if it's possible Phil as a third baseman. See, I'm not like I'm not I guess I'm not thinking about trading him at all right now. I think I think well, you can't. So yeah. I th- I think yeah, I mean I mean like this winter. I think he deserves the rest of the season. He's 26. He's 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 working on swing refinements that clearly, I just pulled up his numbers in the last, I believe this is since the, wasn't it before they went to Chicago? Yes. He refined his swing. He had like two bombs, went to Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there was another, like there might've been another adjustment period in there. But basically his last 32 games, he's got an OPS of 1,041. So his, if you, now this is, this is the most red hot portion of his season. So I get that this is unrealistic to carry over to 162 games, but if you took Miguel Sano's production the last 32 games and and drew it out over 162, 51 home runs, 132 RBIs, 112 runs, 31 doubles, 292 batting average, 400 on base percentage. But you'll take 80% of that. I might, take, t- I, I might take 50% of that, to be honest. No, seriously, you'll t- but yeah. you would take 70 to 80% of that production. And that's a real good bat to have in the middle of your lineup, right? Yes. So I think I got it. I got to think there are teams out there that think that they can get that out of him. I do believe he's and an asset. I want to talk to them. I want to talk to those teams because if those teams, I listen. Believe that I have to see, as I told you on the twin show, I have to see steps here. And step two is is I need to see how he handles the winter. You know what? If he comes to me and says, "I want to go to Fort Myers and continue this track," I'm all in then. Can I frame this up a different way real quick? Because I, I think we've we've been watching him for 10 years in this organization. When he was 16, 17 years old is when he signed. Somebody showed me a picture of him when they signed him, by the way. And he was a shortstop yes. a couple pounds ago. That's not the same guy. No, that's true. That's it's not shortstop. the same guy. A couple pounds ago. <laughs> it is. But if we knew nothing about 16, 17-year-old multi-million dollar signing bonus Miguel Sano, if we knew nothing about the way that he mashed as a shortstop and a third baseman in the minor leagues, if... If it was just, hey, here's a guy that was plopped onto your team and he's 26 years old, and yeah, like he's definitely streaky because he strikes out a lot, and he's going to go through some series where he goes 0 for 13 with a bunch of strikeouts. It's just part of his game. But at the end of the year, he's going to play 130 games, mostly first base and DH, but you can put him at third base sometimes too, and he's going to hit like 30 home runs. You'd say yes. You would say yes. Now, of course, I want to know how much am I paying him. Yes. And what are my expectations? But if my expectations are he's not going to make $30 million a year, he's not going to play shortstop or third base, he's going to be a first baseman or a DH, 
and he's going to bat fifth or sixth in my lineup. I'm not relying on him to be a franchise cornerstone player. I just want him to come in when the game's on the line and hit a bleeping bomb once in a while. If we're judging him through that prism, he's doing everything that he should do for the Twins. If we're judging him through the prism of, well, he should be the next Miguel Cabrera because that's what we thought he was going to be five years ago, well, then we're going to have if, some, some friction. If I can pay him like that, that's different. But if if you are going to force my hand in a couple of years to make a decision on him, I'm not paying him long term until I see way more. I got to see way. I got to see next spring. Does he come into camp in shape? If he's going to come off, if he's going to hit 30 home runs in 2019, then I got to see how seriously he takes the preparation for 2020. As I said in spring training, my fear, and so far this has been true, my fear with him is it's always something. Something always comes up. So if you can give me two years or so of nothing, but him being solid, his approach at the plate being solid, him working his ass off, I'm way more in. Okay, so let's say he continues to do this, and he's and he's he's healthy, and he's he's got 19 home runs. Right? Let's say he ends with like 30 or 35 home runs, and it's kind of streaky, but he ends with 35 home runs, mm-hmm. and the power's there, and uh, and like the batting average is it's at 241 now. Let's say it just kind of stays at like 250, and it's just mostly power. And and wherever you put him defensively, and you have a chance this off season to get a Noah Syndergaard type, like a two and a half year, or maybe something a little lesser, like whatever the lesser version of that is. But you get a good solid top of the rotation, like number two starter in return for him. Are you guys looking to sell high on him based on what I'm he could lo- be doing? I'm not looking, but I would I'm I would listen to offers and and if there was if there was a high priced guy on the trade market that I wanted. That I was going out and actively seeking and calling a team about, I would I would offer Miguel Sano in a package. They'd be on the list of players that I would send to them. That hey, we would center a package around these three or four guys. Take your pick of the three or four guys that you want to center the package around. I'm jumping through my cell phone to shake the hand of the man who just traded for Miguel Sano. Yeah. If I, I can get that, absolutely. And I think what I'm saying is, he's now had a chance to work with a really smart infrastructure of people and we're seeing some of the benefits here i guess i'm not a i'm i i need to see the last couple months of the season i just want i want all the information sure. and now that the trade deadline is passed absolutely i want to see the whole thing i'm not afraid to move off a take if andrew wiggins becomes a monster this year i'm not going to hang on to that take from the first five years like circumstances can change with a player and it is possible we should leave the the, the possibility open that miguel sano is morphing in front of our eyes into more of the player that we thought he would be. And to me, the fact that he had the injury that he had that set back his his spring and his offseason, the fact that he's doing this on the fly, literally on the fly, he was in the cage working on stuff when they called him to pinch hit yesterday, went out and hit a game-winning home run, and then went back into the cage, I assume. I don't know what he did after the game, to be honest with you. But he's literally doing this on the fly. I want to see an offseason, a full, healthy offseason for Miguel Sano with with this coaching staff and cuz if they can do this on the fly with them in the middle of a season I got to think that it would the the teachings will be that much more but, effective in the offseason but the difference then is is him coming to you and saying I'm staying here I'm going to Florida and we're going to work if he says that that's a huge step if he says I'm going home right that's not a good step now if if he goes home for 2 weeks that's fine I don't care then but if he if he checks out and goes home for a couple months, and he shows up in March or at uh, at Twins uh, Caravan and uh, Twins Fest. That's different. So I need to see more. I, I just always think that when it comes to guys like this, if you're an executive, you largely have to trust your gut. And your gut says, "I think we've turned a corner, or we just maximized your value, and it's time to trade you." Yeah, this is a really this it's is a great this conversation. Is a, it's a great problem to have too, if sure. the Twins, and you get to. If this dude has figured out his swing through working with James Rousen, and he's like your number six hitter, basically. In fact, let me just pull up a lineup tonight. I don't think, like, he's certainly not going to crack the top three or four unless they really decide that he's made that kind of a step forward. Like, Jorge Polanco has been kind of slumping, but I'm still putting that guy near the top of my order. Yeah, Miguel mm-hmm. Snow's batting seventh tonight. He's batting seventh tonight. Like, he's your number seven hitter. He's not making any money. Polanco looks tired, by the way. Yeah, his average is under 300 now. He looks tired. Time. But I, but this is baseball. He was like great. He slumped. just looks tired. Yep. Like he needs a nap or? Yes. He looks like he needs, a, he looks like, he needs like four days off. He looks tired. 
Well, they, they, they've been pretty strategic about giving uh, you know what I blame? off. Do so. they have a nap room? Yes, do they the do. the twins have a nap room? Yes, they do. Good. Nelson Cruz swears by it. Good. Do you know? I, I believe in it. Do you know what I blame for Polanco's problems? What do you blame? Stupid All-Star game. That was four days off right there, but guess what? He had to start. In the had stupid, to go and he had to go an play, be an all-star. He had to yeah. go and be an all-star, didn't you, have Jorge? a life-changing moment yeah. with all of his peers. Yeah. I, hope you, I hope you had fun, because yeah. now you look tired. Right. Yeah. Was it worth it? So was selfish. it worth it, Jorge? So selfish. So selfish. Of selfish. As far as the Twins, I'd be like, next year, no all-star games. No all-star game for you. No all-star Bad game. 250 in the first half. You turn it on in the second half, Jorge. <laughs> Wait, why is it? Hold on, on Rami. Why is it that you're anti Olympics, but you're you're pro All Star? What do you mean? They're like totally different things. I mean, they're both out of the context of no, because a season in no, which your because, team is playing. Because most Olympics Olympic sports are sports we don't give a damn about for four yeah, years at a time. And then they slap an American flag on it. And I'm we're all like, oh, swimming. I'm so with you on all of this. Oh my god, did you see the gymnastics? No, yeah. I did. I haven't watched gymnastics in four years. I'm going to start now. No. Absolutely not. Some things are better in small doses. I'm so like, like I'm fencing. So with you I either like it or I don't. Taekwondo? No, no, thank Taekwondo's you. Taekwondo is tough, by the way. I'm sure it's I very hard. It all these things. Re- Look, all these things require squ- skill. There are plenty of things in this world that require skill that I do not want to watch people do. Wait, you covered Taekwondo. <laughs> Hold on, you just, I didn't even for catch the start. What? Yeah, no. When the uh, you, were you covered- a Taekwondo beat writer? <laughs> yes, I was. Between your Packers and Vikings days? No, in 1990. 1990- That's all got here, dude. Would you go back on the Taekwondo beat? I'm going to tell you guys North? a story real quick. <laughs> in, ni- in 1990, when, when they, they used to have an event called the, the Olympic Festival, which was like in between years of, it was like, let's have, let's show people what the Olympic sports are, to your point. So it's not once every four years. Right. And I believe, I believe Olympians might have qualified from it. And it was in the Twin Cities, I want to say, in the summer of 1990. And it was a variety of winter and summer sports. And the Star <laughs> Tribune covered it just basically gavel to gavel, everything. Why? And I got the Taekwondo beat. Oh, I was man. 20. It was, you know, it was tough sport, man. You know what I'm picturing right now? The montage scene from Karate Kid. With, it's, you're the best around. around. Nothing's gonna and instead of fights, it's wrong. just Judd writing in his notebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not wrong. You're right. That's the whole montage. It's just like Judd it. keeping notes. I like Amazing. it. Did you have hot Taekwondo takes? You know, at the time, I probably didn't. I should have. In retrospect, I could have got ahead if I had. We've got a four and a half man. minute break. Can you form some quick? <laughs> I don't even remember we're enough gonna, about it. We're going to quiz you on Taekwondo terminology when we come back. I got, no, I got no shot. They wear robes. Do they wear anything underneath the robes? We'll tell you when we come back. Federated Mutual Insurance Company is here to help business owners out there. I've been a business owner myself. I know what goes into it. Uh, you, you love running a business, but you also hate it sometimes because you're grinding, you're solving problems, you're taking care of employees, you're riding the ups and the downs. It helps so much to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running said business. Federatedinsurance.com is a great resource to learn, A, about the industries Federated protects, B, about the history of Federated Insurance going back over a century and uh, and rooted in Owatonna, Minnesota, a local company, and also to find your local Federated marketing representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Also, proud sponsor of Mackie and Jeb with Rami, Luther Brookdale Toyota on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. I can't tell you guys how much I'm loving my RAV4 XLE and just all the different bells and whistles and safety features. In fact, I told you this, I think, last week. I was coming back from a Wisconsin drive, uh, one of those where you usually pop the cruise control on, but of course, like in older cars, you got to make sure you're still actually driving it. I mean, this thing was basically driving itself, sensing how far I was. It was ridiculous. That's nice. It was one of those moments where like, it had... It was sensing how far I was away from the vehicles in front of me and from the lines on either side, and it was adjusting for speed. Does it do that in blinding thunderstorms like I was driving from Wisconsin <laughs> yes, last night? it does. Night. Really? And oh, that was so terrifying. It also still makes you keep a hand on the wheel. So, like, I actually put, pulled my hands off the wheel to see, like, am I, am I even driving this anymore? And it said, it basically said, I, the car, hey, I'm stupid. driving it, right, but yeah. still, like, be safe and put your hand exactly. on the wheel. Yeah. yeah. So, if you want... This kind of driving experience and the kind of service experience my family and I have been getting at Luther Brookdale Toyota for 30 plus years. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Sleepy Rami. Is this where I talk about my pillow? Yeah. 
Judd was just talking about Jorge Polanco being tired. Yeah, he looks sleepy. He looks sleepy. He, looks he should like take he advantage of one of the offers. That's take right. I said offers from my pillow because they are offering big discounts on several my pillow products, including the my pillow body pillow Giza dream sheets and pillowcases, mattresses, mattress toppers, and of course the original my pillow. Go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener special tab in the top right corner, and you'll be directed to a special page where you can save huge on seven of my pillows product seven just by using the promo code north one promo code for seven offers check these specials out the my pillow body pillow regularly 8568 now just 2999 giza dream sheets now 50% off and you get free shipping and the my pillow mattress toppers are now 30% off and of course you can still get a two pack of my pillow premiums like i've been telling you about for a while now for the all time low price of 6998 that's just 3499 per Pillow, huge savings on seven of my pillow's most popular products, including the original premium my pillow. Just go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener tab in the top right corner, check out all the great offers, pick out what you want, and enter north at checkout. Save big now on your favorite my pillow. Join me and Dan Terhar this Saturday for Scornar's coverage of Minnesota United and FC Dallas pregame at 6.30 with the kickoff at 7 right here on Scornarth on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Scornarth mobile app. A high fly, center field, and that ball is gone! A walk-off winner for Miguel Sano. The second pinch-in home run of the year for the Twins. A walk-off winner for Miguel Sano. And the Twins win at 5-3. Uh, I, think he got, I think he got tripped up by Acuna in Can the outfield. Can you play that again? I can't decide. Yeah, he didn't he got seem, tripped up. That wasn't regular Dick Bramer excitement. No. Straightaway center, and the center fielder ran in on it. So his first, I think his first instinct was, okay. oh, maybe he was off the end of the bat. <laughs> A high fly, center field, and that ball is gone. <laughs> A walk-off winner. Yeah, yeah. That's it almost tough. sounds like there's like a little bit of disappointment when he says high fly center field. It the tone's going down like it's a right. disappointed, like ah crap, he well, just flew out. What was the one? I think it was a target field in the Yankee series where he did get fooled and thought it was a home yeah. run and went with uh that's a long Oh, it's caught. I feel bad for him. Cause that's gotta be a tough part of that gig. It has to be. It has to be tough, right? The save there. This is coming from a broadcast expert who did uh, yeah, amateur Buffalo. baseball games. <laughs> <in Buffalo. laughs> the voice of Buffalo. The voice of Buffalo and, baseball. And I will tell you, I'll find some audio of this. I did get to call a walk-off grand slam in a section final game between Maple Lake and I think it was Hamill. Did you botch it? And a guy who a guy who listens to score his name is Chad Raish. I'll never forget this dude was the best hitter by a mile in this league. And I don't know if he played like college ball. But this dude hit a walk-off grand slam to send his team into, I think, the state tournament. And it was like, I knew that this is probably not my future, but I'm doing these games, and I lost my mind. Like, if you had one shot to call a walk-off grand slam in a big game like that, crazy. You, don't err on, you don't err on the side of, oh, that might be a pop-up. Did you go too no, you far, go. though? We're just like, oh, my God! I can't <laughs> You God. sounded like the guy describing the Hindenburg it. coming in. Oh my God! It's raining my tears. It's raining my tears. <laughs> People listening don't even know what just happened. They think there was just a car crash. I'm passing out. <laughs> <laughs> I feel for Richard. I'm sure it's difficult. But what I, what I would say there in that spot, if you if you're if it's a walk off situation and you don't rev the engine like you because you got fooled. I think you go silent there. Because sure. if, if you go silent. Sure, you're fine. You're right. You can let it play out like you're just letting the moment speak for itself, right? That's what you get caught in the middle. It's tough. I think going tough. I think going silent doing TV play by play is always brilliant. Like when's the last time a play by play guy on TV went silent and you're like, why do you go silent? Yeah, you always you always think it's a savvy move. He's letting silent, it breathe. Right? You're letting it breathe. The crowd's Even going crazy. You remember when uh, Cal Ripken broke the record for most consecutive games yeah. played? Chris Berman didn't say a word for like 
13, 14 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's Straight. Berman. Just watched him go around the around the park and shake fans' hands and everything. Now, is it entirely possible that Chris Berman was just being super lazy or he was hungry and literally left the booth? <laughs> yes, but you know what? He was thinking of the like concession stands yeah. are empty right now. Everybody's watching this Ripken thing. Three hot dogs, two things of nachos, four beers. Actually, the most uh, on the other side when it comes to like devastating pain for a play-by-play guy, the one we reference here all the time is when Hawk Harrelson called the Jim Jim Tomey as a twin in 2010, <laughs> hit a walk-off home run at Target Field that went like five blocks down the street. Just a, a ridiculous monster bomb. And so Steve Stone was talking as the pitch was delivered. And I think Hawk might have said, and here, here's the, you know how we, uh, he always cues up like, here's the 2-2. Two, two. And the, the crack of the bat was spoke for itself. So... Hawk calls, and here's the pitch, or here's the 2-2. Jim Tomey hits it 500 feet to right field. And Hawk didn't talk for a minute and a half. So Jim <laughs> Tomey rounds the base. He doesn't call the home run. You hear contact, and you see the ball go to the fence. He says nothing. Jim Tomey, trotting around the bases, comes home. They celebrate. They pour the bucket on him. And uh, and all of a sudden, like they follow the twins' celebration to the dugout, and the final score pops on the screen, and the music for probably Comcast Sportsnet. And all Hawk Harrelson says is, we'll be right back. <laughs> Hawk's disgust, though. We'll be right good. back. <laughs> His disgust was just so good. Because he gets so mad. I like that. I what, what I don't like is when announcers become complete apologists. But if they get mad, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's just great. Because then they start to dump on their team because they're so upset about it. Or the way he'll just rail on umpires. Don't we have a drop of Hawk Harrelson screaming oh, yeah. at umpires? Angel Hernandez. Yeah. <laughs> and another blown call by Angel. <laughs> Mercy! By Hernandez. Amazing. Uh, uh, props to a guy that we've been pretty hard on, and rightfully so, because he's been mostly terrible for the last month. But if not for Trevor May throwing two innings last night and gassing Freddie Freeman, he was throwing 100 miles an hour last night. playing Fortnite. That must be it. Right? I saw he was streaming two nights ago. Oh, damn it. Yeah, he didn't give it up. Oh, he was no. streaming two nights ago. And he's using his Fortnite handle, I believe, on the back of his jersey for oh, nice. Players Night in a couple weeks. Nice. I am Trevor May. I like it. Yep. Just so you guys know. That's that. his Fortnite handle? Really? So you're going criti- so to criticize him for that? For what? Really, you're going to criticize him for a handle? His Fortnite online? handle? No, I'm not criticizing oh, the handle. Oh, I thought you were criticizing the handle. I just that's that's putting yourself out there for people who maybe don't like Trevor May or just want to harass athletes. Huh. If maybe. Rami plays Fortnite, is your handle Rami is forty? Rami is Fortniteing. <laughs> probably, yeah, forty. It's dangerous. You got you got to pronounce that correctly. Yeah, you got to really like something else. Yeah, you got to clean that up. <laughs> like that was the dude that we've wanted to see, right? They've needed someone to step up. Sam Dyson's out with an injury. You can't just rely on Taylor Rogers four innings every single night, right? And Trevor May comes in, throws two innings, gasses Freddie Freeman with the game on the line. And, and gives you a clean slate. And I think if this is the guy that we can expect to see a little bit more often going forward, now I feel differently about the Twins' bullpen in a series against the Yankees or the Astros. How it's kind this, of up to Trevor May. How about this idea? No more curveballs. I think if he stays away from the curveball, he's probably okay. If he throws heat and he gets beat, I'm fine with that. Or just like don't throw a curveball for a strike on, well, on an 0-2 pitch. Just, just I like, bury that thing in the dirt. I like the fact last night that he basically came in with the philosophy of, I'm going to stick not solely, but largely with my fastball. Yeah. And yeah, if when he you does throw like that, 97 yes. to 100 miles an hour. And if he gets beat that way, it's going to happen sometimes. Yeah. It's just frustrating when, when he throws what are essentially his secondary pitches and he gets beat that way. Where is Trevor May in the pecking order of the bullpen now? Because before the trade deadline, he was one of the guys that we said, he's got to get bumped down like two spots at least, Correct. maybe three. And he did. In the pecking order of the bullpen to feel good about it going into October. And he did. Um, okay, so now it would go Rogers, Romo, right? Um, and then it gets probably a little bit more cluttered. But Duffy, come, Duffy Harper, May, I, I think it depends... With the rest of those guys now, situationally as well, what they're comfortable with. But I think if you could ultimately go, let's say, in two and a half weeks or two weeks or so, with confidence, Rogers, Romo, Dyson, and then and then that secondary group of guys come into into not maybe crucial situations, but situations where they can get, 
I don't know, three outs, two outs, I'm comfortable then. Aren't you? Yeah, I I was a little bit... I haven't watched Sergio Romo pitch on a regular basis since he was with the Giants. And when he was with the Giants, that dude was filthy, and he still threw that slider, but he threw harder, mm-hmm. and he was younger and closing out World Series games. And by the way, wearing hilarious shirts at World Series parades, like, I just look illegal. I don't know if you guys have seen that. I saw you tweeted it. It was hilarious. <laughs> That's amazing. He's my new favorite baseball player. Um, actually, he had a shirt on apparently in the clubhouse a couple nights ago that said, sexual preference frequent <laughs> something like that dude's hilarious but i i actually when when they traded for him i thought all right definitely not a guy that you're going to put as your second best reliever i don't know if that's a guy that you're going to use in like the eighth inning of a tight game but the more i watch him now hitters know that slider's coming and they still can't do anything with it because it breaks seven feet across like it starts at your back pocket and breaks to the other batter's box so i would i would confidently say to answer rami's question Taylor Rogers number one, Sergio Romo number two, Sam Dyson if he's pitching at his peak is is maybe even number two, but I'm gonna sort of, I'm just, I'm gonna put him number three because right. just ease him in, and then uh, Tyler Duffy's number four for me, followed by Trevor May. Trevor May is not in my top four right now. Okay. if Sam Dyson was healthy, all right, because I think we all said Trevor May has got to be somewhere like four or five in the pecking order of this bullpen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's if, fair. If he's doing like if if he's doing what he did last night. For the next two months, if if it clicks, and and by the way, Taylor Rogers did not click until around this time last year. Taylor Rogers, the light bulb went on for him working with this new infrastructure and the Twins' new systems. It clicked right around the All Star break for him last year, and so it is. And, and now he's one of the best relievers in all of baseball. So it is very possible that the light bulb maybe goes on a little later for Trevor May. The best case scenario would be, oh, he figures this thing out like like Taylor Rogers did. And now he reaches his potential just in time for the stretch run. And people are also talking about Bruce Dark Radderall maybe coming up at some point. He's he started the season at double A. He's back from his injury. I guess is that a gas right now, too. Yeah, could that dude come up in a stretch run here and pitch out of the bullpen? Not as a starter, but out of the bullpen as an extra weapon. Might be worth a shot. So there's some some interesting things on the horizon for the twins bullpen here. Um do Taekwondo. Fighters wear anything under their robes, Judd? I want to say they do. This is okay. Now, in fairness, this is 1990, okay? How familiar did you get with Taekwondo? Was this just one tournament you covered? Yeah, it, it was a, it was, as I said, they called it the Olympic Sports Festival. Yes. And so it was, yes, essentially a tournament competition. I don't remember the venue. I don't, I think they wore, they had to wear something. I, Cause yeah, they took off their robes and then they had I you know it's just I it's so it's such a long time I was twenty I mean you were just experimenting I was probably <laughs> let's be honest I probably showed up I I probably had been drinking the night before you were curious I was curious what taekwondo <laughs> right taekwondo was like um, I don't remember but to your guys point there were a lot of terms that I don't recall like if you Google the terms there were a lot I studied them. So that I could write halfway intelligently about this, but like I was the moves and the I was making the, it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember much about it though, but I covered it. It was my sport. Okay, what's uh, what's chariot? Yeah, see, this is gonna where you're gonna lose me. Chariot is that something you attach to a back of a horse and you ride? Yeah, what's a what's a dwee chaggy? A dwee. Chaggy. I remember dwee chaggy. Yeah, yeah, I remember dwee chaggy. <laughs> Yeah, I what don't remember. It? What is it? I don't. I have no clue. I just How about remember the Nari- term. Chagi. Don't remember that one. I remember the first one. What about Kawhi Chagi? Oh, he is. That's, oh, a, that's a scissors. Kid. He was the finals he MVP. A, he just won yeah, a title, just, and then he, he went to jumped the to the Clippers, and then after that, he's going to go to the Lakers, probably. <laughs> As we said on the show uh, yesterday, he's a mercenary. <laughs> Kawhi Chagi. Oh, Kawhi Chagi sounds like a. Like some some type of, of tribute coffee that Starbucks would make. <laughs> it's our Kawhi Chagi. You know, sounds like a drink that kicks your rear end in the morning. They probably show Taekwondo on TCL TVs. They got they've got five thousand streaming channels on they TCL TVs. They probably have a Taekwondo channel. We should put it on and see if Judd knows what he's watching at some point here. TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand and uh, just one of the one of the most powerful and uh, popular TV brands around the world these days. And you can find TCL TVs inside any major local retailer. Just go in, do a little, do a little stare test if you want to. Just com- compare TCL TVs to the other TVs 
to the right and to the left, and you'll find better picture quality, more connected options, and also a better price, most likely. And uh, you'll find out why a lot of cord cutters are buying into TCL TVs. TCLUSA.com, any major local retailer, you'll find out why TCL is America's fastest-growing TV brand, right? You're going to want to be comfortable while you're watching TV, so you should take advantage of one of the incredible offers. That's right. I said offers for MyPillow. As a special thank you for helping make MyPillow successful, they're offering big discounts on several MyPillow products. That's right. They don't just make pillows. They make the MyPillow body pillow, Giza Dream sheets, and pillowcases, mattresses, mattress toppers, and of course, the original MyPillow. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Special tab in the top right corner, and you'll be directed to a special page where you can save huge on seven my pillow products just by using the promo code north one promo code seven deals and check these specials out the my pillow body pillow regularly 8568 now just 2999 the giza dream sheets now 50% off and you get free shipping and the my pillow mattress toppers are now 30% off and of course you can still get a two pack of my pillow premiums as i've been telling you about for the all time low price of 699 just $34.99 per pillow. Huge savings on seven of MyPillow's most popular products, including the original premium MyPillow. Just go to MyPillow.com, use the promo code NORTH, and check out all the great offers that you want with the promo code NORTH at checkout. Save big now on your favorite MyPillow products. Give them a call at 800-620-4439 or that website again, MyPillow.com, promo code NORTH. Time for the Score North download. It's 440 here at Score North. Jonathan here with this download. The Vikings released their unofficial depth chart heading into game one of the preseason. Matthew Collar did all the evaluation you could ever want to read on that unofficial depth chart. That's over at scorenorth.com, our free website. You can access that article for free and read everything you would ever want to know about all of the position groups. They also broke it down today on Purple Daily. Matthew Collar and Courtney Cronin went position group by position group in the first hour and discussed that unofficial depth chart as we head towards game one of the preseason for the Vikings this Friday in New Orleans. And afterwards, something we haven't done before, preseason Vikings vent line so you can start warming up your Vikings hot takes early on in the preseason as the Vikings take on New Orleans. You can, right afterwards, immediately after that game ends, you can call in to score north here. And we will discuss your thoughts on all those position groups and those position battles that we see in game one. That's been your purple, that's been your score north download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. All right, welcome back. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all new score north and the score north mobile app. And there's probably, probably been some people, hopefully, there's been some people wondering where Rami was. Maybe there's some people that are pleasantly surprised that he was gone for I a know few days. I don't Danny know. Cunningham t- texted me yesterday and asked if I still work here. <laughs> Before asking me how'd if you I could do cluster, how'd you respond morning. to that? I said, as far as I know, yes. Okay. So you've been we we haven't seen you in like a week and a half. You did uh, the twin show and this show from a studio at your old place, the Fan in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And I think I think we should explore the space here. You were at Milwaukee Comedy Festival all week. I was, and you landed. Is it fair to say you landed in your stand-up comedy career that you landed on Sunday night a couple nights ago? One of the biggest breaks of your career, the biggest break of my career. That's awesome, hands down, the biggest break of my stand-up comedy career. Not okay. even close. Tell because we've we've talked a little bit about your stand-up comedy on the show, yeah. but just. And people are like, well, he's not even funny. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, but like, tell, tell us about Sunday night and tell us about the whole week. So as friends and, uh, and colleagues. I went to Milwaukee having one show in the Comedy Fest. It was Saturday night, 10 o'clock. Um, I left with five shows, including, like you said, the biggest break of my life. Now, I knew I might pick up one or two more because they have the scheduled planned shows for the fest. And then they'll do like a brunch show, they'll do like a late night after party show, and they told everybody in the fest, they said, hey, if you're interested in doing any of these, let us know, and we'll fill out the lineup. So, picked up one of those, got a late night after party show at my favorite restaurant in the whole wide world. Phil has experienced this before. It's the Vanguard. Vanguard's amazing. Oh, my God. Just, you, just, so you got a show there? Yes. Nice. It's a house See, of sausage and bourbon. Very cool. And it is amazing. Judd, for years on this show, has made fun of me because I talk oh. about... I'm a Minneapolis guy first, mm-hmm. and I rank Milwaukee ahead of St. Paul. And I'm, I'm with you. And I li- I've lived in the Twin Cities my I whole life. I agree with you. I like Milwaukee better than I like St. Paul. And I, I don't to, hate St. Paul. I have to agree with you. I like no, nothing Paul, wrong with St. Paul. Gonna, Milwaukee's but, enjoyable. But if you're, you're going to drive that far... Keep going to Rami's hometown of Chicago. 
That's always been my point. Uh, that's like, like another I hour want, and a half, and I love Chicago. I'm I want Chica- Chicago. In. But if I'm going to go, if I'm going to make the drive to Milwaukee, unless I'm going to a Brewers game or something, I'm going all the way to Chicago. They both have their strong points, and I, I Milwaukee is a great city. It's a great city, and that's a great restaurant. It's, it's my a favorite city. restaurant in the whole wide it's world. Okay so picked up a show yes. there on <laughs> Thursday right. night. Tuesday night, I went to a show just on a whim that was part of the Comedy Fest, and they had bucket spots, which is just if you're not in the lineup, if you're a comic, throw your name in a bucket, and if they pull out your name, you get to be part of the show. So I got lucky there. Wink, wink. I knew the guy who hosted it. Um, so I got a bucket spot. It's rigged! <laughs> the whole thing's rigged! <laughs> got a bucket spot. Got the Thursday night show at the Vanguard. Picked up a show in the city that I lived in for a long time, Kenosha, right on the border of Illinois and Wisconsin. So I did that on Friday night. But Thursday, before I left for the Vanguard show, um, I was tweeting out you know, a little pub for the, the Comedy Fest. I said, hey, in this Vanguard show tonight... And got another show uh, Saturday night, blah, blah, blah. Well, I put the wrong headliner in my tweet for the Saturday night show. So my buddy who works for the Comedy Fest, he texted me and said, hey, man, you put the wrong headliner. Can you fix the tweet? So I did. And then uh, right after I fixed the tweet, my phone started ringing, and it was my buddy who just texted me asking me to fix the tweet. And I thought he just butt-dialed me because I had just texted him. And, you know, that can happen. The name or the number is on the screen. You hit a button with whatever. And so I was like, oh, he's probably just butt-dialing me, but I'll answer and see if maybe he needs something. So I picked it up, and he goes, uh, hey, thanks for fixing the tweet, but uh, you're probably going to have to change it again because you're opening for Ari Shafir Sunday night at Turner Hall. Wow. Yeah. And Ari Shafir, for those who aren't familiar, he's had a, has he had a Netflix special? Netflix, Comedy Central, huge podcast, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of followers on social media. He's a big deal in, in, in the stand-up comedy uh, business. So I uh, dropped my phone, picked it up, and said, are you serious? You better not be bleeping with me. And he said, yeah, nope. <laughs> <laughs> totally okay, serious. So did did Ari Shafir do the reach into a hat and you got lucky? Or <laughs> no, he did not. Okay. I don't. I don't think so. From what I was told, I don't know. I don't know if this is just something that they say to butter up the the comics or whatever the case might be. They sent clips and names to Ari Shafir's people, his representatives, whatever the case may be, and they or he picked me and another guy out of basically everybody in the fest. That's awesome. To open forum. To open forum on Sunday which, night. Which then is how long How long do you go on your show to open for him? Well, the night before, the show that I was scheduled to do, I did 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, and they said, we don't know how much time you're going to do for the Ari show. He'll decide that. So just show up and he'll tell you. Probably somewhere between 10 and 20 minutes. And you're like, well, I've been talking Minnesota sports the last five or six months, so I'm full of material. I'm full of material. You want some Tom Thibodeau stuff? But they said anywhere, there's a 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes. So explain this, especially if it's in front of a really big crowd mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's for a comic who you admire. How do you go about trying to slow that down? Because there's got to be, there has to be some nerves, right? There was. Okay, so there how, was. how do you go about that process? So, I got there, and uh, the it, if you don't know Turner Hall, it's the Turner Hall Ballroom in Milwaukee. It fits 500 people plus, and it was packed. They put out every chair that they had. So there were 500 people in this place. And I got there, and I saw it empty, just saw the seats, blah, blah, blah. And I had butterflies, but not bad butterflies. Not like I want to throw up butterflies, but just like anxious, let me hit that stage butterflies. Like, I was ready for this. And Not like Kirk Cousins' Monday Night Butterflies. But that can work against you, too. Like, that anxiousness, like a, like Kirk Cousins is a good example. If you're over-anxious, you're going to overthrow, you know what I mean? You're gonna, and you're going to be spiking it into the ground. So yeah, that how, can, how, yeah, how was your pocket presence on, like, on Sunday night? Even if it's not a even if it's not a, stripped. Even if it's not a <laughs> bad anxiousness, it can work against you if you're just over-amped. Or like you've seen pitchers, they'll throw out of the zone because they're just too over-amped. Um, but I was talking to the the other guy who was who was opening for Ari. Hilarious dude, Sam Talent, two L's. Sam Talent with two L's, hilarious. And you're gonna see him on Comedy Central or Netflix soon. I'm sure of it. Um, I told him I was like biggest. I was like, this is the biggest room I've ever played, dude. And he had great advice. He was like, oh man. He was like, you're gonna be great. And we had been hanging out for a couple of days, blah blah blah, telling stories. So he was like, he was like, I know you're hilarious. He was like, I've never even seen you do stand up, but I know you're hilarious. He was like, just go out there. And as soon as you get the first, as soon as you get the first laugh, it's going to be like every other room you've ever done. 
And he was 100% right. And it, and the other thing How he said How long did is, it take to get the... The first laugh came right away, just to clarify? Like in the first 10 seconds, okay, 20 good. seconds. It took like, took like 14 minutes. And it was wildly uncomfortable. That's, that's a tactic <laughs> that you try to get that first laugh right away. So 12 minutes in, finally, you guys. But the other thing he said was, look, these are people who are here to laugh. Like, they, they came for Ari, but they know, like, they're here for just a yeah. night of, of fun and laughter, and they're going to be with it. So just get that first laugh and get that out of the way, and you're going to be fine. And he was 100% right, and it was, it was unlike, 500 people is, like, well, unlike anything wait, I've wait, ever done. Wait, It was it, amazing. It was next to working with Mackie and Judd. Next to working with Mackie and Judd. The greatest time you ever had. Yes, yes, of course. But no, it because was, the uh, score north shows are—that's your fastball. Well, I, no, but seriously speaking, like thousands of people listen to us every week. But there's something about 500 people in front of you reacting in the moment and immediately. That is, uh, if my girlfriend is listening, just turn off the radio for a second. It might have been better than sex. <laughs> I'm just saying. What is what? What was what was the first time you ever went up on stage with your own material? And, and attempted to make people laugh. Like, what was your first stand-up experience like? I tripped going up on stage. I literally <laughs> tripped going up on stage. But that's funny. And people laughed. And instead of, so I didn't want them to be laughing at me. I wanted them to be laughing with me. I went, I was like, totally did it on purpose for you guys. And again, got the first laugh and that eased like a lot of the nervousness and the tension. And then I got off stage and my shin was literally bleeding through my jeans. (laughs) (laughs) That's how hard, that's how hard I smashed my legs tripping going up the stairs. My shin was bleeding through my jeans the first time I did stand up. So what, what's like, I'm going to, I'm just, I'm so curious about, stand up and i think i think it's amazing just because like you say like we sit in a room and talk to however many hopefully thousands and thousands of people we Mm -hmm. thank you guys for listening to us but but and and it's not i suppose the first few times you get on a radio mic or whatever like it can be a little bit nerve-wracking but there's got to be something about just seeing the eyeballs of people right and knowing their expectations like they're they have paid their expectations are that you're hilarious and they're staring at you. Right. And you're alone on the stage. And that's just a really interesting dynamic to me. It did help a little bit. Um, so the whole, f- well, most of the first row off to the left was the like the, the staff and volunteers of the Milwaukee Comedy Fest. And a lot of them are friends of mine, and I have known them for years. So it was cool to have some familiar faces right there where you could see. But the thing that people don't realize about stand-up is when you get on that stage, and the way that the lights are angled, you can't, even if there is 500 people, all you see is silhouettes of heads past the first three or four rows. The lights are, are that blinding. You don't see all the faces. You see three or four rows of faces, and then it's just basically dark silhouettes. But I almost, we've talked before on the show about my, uh, my emotional habits. I almost cried afterwards. Like that's how in front of the crowd? No, no, no. Afterwards, oh, okay. After I, I was going to say because you're like you guys were gross. That's how overwhelming yeah. a feeling it was. Like I introduced the next comic, I went backstage, and it like it, it hit wow. me like a like a ton of bricks. So if you do uh, four or five shows in rapid succession, how much of the material do you use again and, and again and again, and how much do you change things up? Like I I did five shows while I was out there. Right. The first two nights I did the same set, and okay. then once I was told I'm opening for Ari. I started working the same set every show the next three nights. So that was a different set than I did the first two nights. Interesting. But for three straight nights, I did the same set. What do you ditch? Or like when, when you swap out the sets, what do you keep or or purposely not do again? I know what is my strongest material. And I did my strongest 15 minutes for that show on sun, on uh, on Sunday night. Interesting. Yeah. Football puns. Football puns. I texted Ram and I said, what needs to happen for you to do 75 knock-knock jokes in 25 minutes? I said, all the money. <laughs> yeah. Give me all the money. I got a feeling you did, let's see, if I know you, you did re- some relationship jokes. Yes. You that did. Was on the dock. Couple, couple racial jokes. Oh, yeah. Yes. You've, mostly racial you've jokes. you got to do. Not mostly, but... I, I'm a Palestinian, and Ari Fleischer is a Jewish man, and I definitely... Oh, that's perfect. I found, I found an opening that I could, I could use. You've got to do some jokes about yourself and, and your uh, bathroom habits Not, or weird habits. I do, but they weren't in this set. Okay. So I did some stuff about... Because uh, they're, they're 
Legit funny. <laughs> I did some stuff about my... T- and there will be video up soon at uh, Rami Comedy on YouTube. Okay. Um, but I did some stuff about how short my legs are, my weight loss journey, and then uh, a long bit I do about my parents. And there's race and relationship stuff yeah. mixed in so, throughout all So, that. like, what... The, the other thing that's sort of fascinating about comedy is it, there's not, like, a linear path. You know, in, in sports... You are playing in college, and then you get drafted, right. and then you are a pro, right. and then you get playing time. There's, if you look at the top comics and the top stand-up personalities around, there's probably a hundred different paths to get to a Netflix special or whatever it is. So what what can when you when you get that big, you open for someone who is on a big level? Like what's next? Like what what could what doors could this open in in the best case scenario? That's a great question. So what you're trying to do. <laughs> and Phil will find out when he submits his letter of resignation. <laughs> I have no idea. I really have no idea. I don't. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna get this tape. It's something else to put on my resume. I don't know, man. I don't know. Like that's the part of comedy that I need to educate myself on. Is like the networking, getting yourself booked. I'm just terrible. I'm just terrible at it. Like this thing. I don't want to say I got lucky. There was a lot of hard work that went into it, and obviously I was selected by somebody. I don't know who, but there is an element of luck in right place at the right time that got me that particular gig. I need to figure out, like, if anybody is listening that can help me out, I need to figure out, like, what I do with this now. Because I got to be able to do something. I got to figure I got to be able to do something with this now. But it was so cool. It was amazing. That's awesome. Well, dude, we're we're pumped for you. I'm exhausted today. Because, like, anytime you get, like, a big adrenaline dump like that afterwards, (laughs) and it wore off last night as soon as I got back to Minnesota and (laughs) sat down on my couch, afterwards, it's just, like, your soul, your whole life has been sucked out of you. But That's really cool. Hold on. Yeah, I'm here. Guys. Now I'm just super depressed. And, uh, <laughs> now I don't feel like being funny. Take some pills. Yeah, <laughs> don't really feel like talking about anything now. But thank you to everybody uh, at the Milwaukee Comedy Fest. If anybody is still listening from uh, my old town of Milwaukee, and I know a few of my listeners followed me here. Support that scene and support. Just go to MilwaukeeComedy.com. There isn't a club in that town, but that organization has done an amazing job of filling that void. Like you can literally find a show on almost any given night at a bar, at a pub, at a brewery, and they bring in amazing talent. So if you followed me from Milwaukee, or if you ever find yourself in Milwaukee, go to MilwaukeeComedy.com and support that scene. And by the way, if you're if you if you're new to the show or you're you're new to Score North, if you want to follow Rami on Twitter, it's just Rami is tweeting, R-A-M-I-E is tweeting. Jay Zolgad also has some great stand-up material on his Twitter oh, account. That's yeah. what I've heard. Yeah, yeah full that's of what it. I've heard. Yeah. I'm absolutely full of it. At Jay Zolgad and at Phil Mackey. When we come back Roy Smalley joins the Mackie and Jeb with Rami show. We'll talk about